Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. A foggy day in London town had me low and had me down. It's so easy to misinterpret emails, and when we don't respond to an email, that can also send the recipient a message. So what messages are we sending with our emails, or our lack of response to the emails? Psychologist Meredith Fuller joins us for part two of our chat on emails. You know, I think sometimes it's that thing about manners. Sometimes we've forgotten our manners. We might receive an email from someone and, you know, they don't use our name, they don't connect with anything else it's like suddenly there's these bald statements and it, it can sound very terse very pursed lips um, that can can be quite off-putting and, and that's not the intention at all so always I, I, I like to write an email with a sort of who is the other person how do I engage with them normally you know might I need to just check how they're going first or make some connection with them before I launch into whatever it is. Yeah. That's really important. And also help help the other person um, process it. Um, it's pointless if you're saying, you know, ASAP, I want an answer, and, and you know, the poor person, like your colleague who has 3,000 to get through, or we don't understand the urgency. So get some sense of when is it that a response is, you know, absolutely vital. You know, you don't stick those priorities because on everything you said because they become meaningless. Yeah. But help the person to respond as well as easily as possible. I think it's really helpful when when you're doing the subject in the start, uh, rather than just hit the you know re X from the last one. You know, don't be lazy. Actually say what the subject matter is about so it's much easier for that person to identify what is this email about. Um, they can find it again if they need to go and go away and think about it before they respond. So no laziness. Make sure that the subject's clear. And um, I, I guess the other thing too is realise that you know it could be hard to understand. So sometimes even reminding someone of that. Uh, oh, look, I wish I could talk with you in person. I'm sorry I can't. I hope I've conveyed what I need to say. But you know if you're not sure about anything, please get back to me. Something like that. That actually recognises that, that, that it, this is a bit fraught, I think can be helpful. Yes. I get emails from managers or people in business and that just says, Chris, comma, blah, 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 blah. And then I get, I got an email one day, dear Chris, and it completely changed. It was completely worlds apart. Oh, absolutely. And you raised an important point too. Some people have the attitude that Time is money, and why waste strokes on things like, you know, your name or even dear Chris, just get into it, and we don't need to say best wishes or anything, you know, just get into it. But I think they lose that notion that we're actually having a relationship. This is a relationship when you're sending this thing, and, and if, you're, if you're trying to connect with the other person, yeah. those little, little bits of connection are really valuable. When I get a, an email that just starts with Chris... I immediately interpret it as this is just this a person who's bossy, who's a bully, who's trying to get something across, who's got no gentleness. The person who's sending it is probably not like that. Do you know what I mean? No, and they're, and, and they're probably thinking, oh, I'm so glad, you know, I've done the right thing. I've used Chris's name instead of just launching it without even giving your name. I know, how ironic, right? <laughs> 
But even if you think, oh, dear, is too long, you can say hi. That's only two strokes. A personal example, again, um, from another friend of mine who writes these massive emails, um, but they are incredibly soft because she uses things like a little smiley face here, a little something there, and it it really softens what's coming through, whereas if they weren't there, I'd be thinking, oh, gee, what's this? Okay, so something like your smiley faces or your happy faces or your sad faces, where there's confusion or where it could be read a couple of ways, by inserting something like that, that helps you make sure you get the message that she's intending. So she's thinking that, oh, that could be ironic or that could sound imperative or whatever, so I'll, I'll make sure I show you what I mean. That's great. But sometimes the other things people do can be so confusing, like, you know, when they're shouting at you and, oh. and it's all over the place that you think, oh, what's, what does this really mean? Or they start using icons that you don't understand. But something that's universally easy for all of us to understand, like a smiley face, is very different to some of the more obscure things people use. Exactly, <laughs> yes. yeah. And some males may find it difficult to use that sort of thing because it's not macho enough. Yeah, yeah. What's the solution for them? Well, they can say something like if they've said something a bit tongue-in-cheek, they can just they can literally say, you know, only joking with an exclamation mark or something like that that, again, softens... Simple way. ...in a simple way and makes sure that the recipient gets what you mean. I remember when I spent a lot of time drafting this email. I probably drafted it about three or four times, then the next morning I had a look at it again, and I tried to make it as soft and gentle as possible, and it was received so badly. Mm. That was a lesson to me that even, no matter how soft I tried to make this and gentle, uh, yeah. resolving an issue on email is just <laughs> a big mistake. Well, it's terribly hard too because there's so much emotion or feeling if there is an issue that impacts on the way we actually interpret or read the message, however clearly that, that you've conveyed it. So um, the other thing that I, I see happen a lot, which is quite amusing, is um, we can get to the point where we're not even walking a few feet to talk to someone. We're sending them an email. Yeah. <laughs> or we never think, we could pick up the phone and actually talk in person. Yeah. And sometimes when something is really important, it can be terrific to say, okay, let's grab a coffee and talk about this. Let's let's catch up or, you know, make that little extra effort to phone or, or literally get up and walk across to another floor or something so you can speak with them. Because sometimes people can feel, oh, look, you know, they don't care enough to even see me. They're just shooting out emails. Yes. That, that's hurtful. I guess the also thing too is reparation. If, if it has been misunderstood and if you have had that, it's really important to be able to say... I'm really sorry. That's how you, you know, that's how you read that. That wasn't my intention. This is how I, I see it, and this is what I, you know, wanted to say. And I'm terribly upset that I've caused you angst or something. Sometimes we forget it is really important to say you're sorry if there has been a confusion. And what about the lack of response? Interpreting a zero response is also just as fraught, isn't it? Oh, it's awful, and it's agony, particularly when it's so important to you and you sense something, and and you're literally waiting to get that response and days can go by and it can be just devastating. I, I guess the other thing to just to um, check on that one though is sometimes we can forget that we might be uh, accessing our emails constantly and we might be with someone who's uh, just does it once a day or every second day or they're off at a conference or they're doing something that means they haven't checked it. And, um, I, you know, sometimes I, I, I get quite amused about you know, increasingly... Um, 
rude emails from someone because I didn't respond within the hour. And yeah, I'm just laughing. And, and the same with, you know, just we do need to remember that um, just because we have an urgency and we've sent it and we're waiting, the other people still live in another world where there's all sorts of things happening and they can't necessarily be available at that time to get it and then to respond quickly. And so sometimes people do need a bit of time. Yeah. But when you are sending an email and you want them to respond, make it as easy as possible for them to do that. Like Set it out so that it's clear you do want a response. There is a, um, a reason why if you've got a date, it's because so people don't feel that they're being manipulated. They understand the reason why. And, and make it so that uh, if you do want to follow up and just remind them that you do remember sometimes emails get lost yes sometimes um, you know they're deleted accidentally things can happen where it hasn't been seen and you, you can send a, a follow-up response that's really quite rude and curt and they didn't even get the first one so never assume with this technology never assume that, that it's been sent in the first place properly would it be fair to suggest um, that if we do get an email even just a response like got it, we'll have a look at it and get back to you, or something small like that. Great. Yeah, that's a lovely suggestion, Chris, because then we know the person's heard us, and they're also saying, it will be in mind, I'm holding it in mind, um, and then we're not left dangling, we're not left hanging. Yeah. And, and again, it comes back to manners, doesn't it? That's a, that's a lovely way of respecting the other person, and also acknowledging that we can't attend to it right now, but we got it. I love that word that you use, email manners. I never thought yeah. of it that way, and that's what it is, isn't it? Absolutely. Foggy day in London town Had me low, had me down Psychologist Meredith Fuller and author of the book Working With Mean Girls helps clear the air about email communication or miscommunication. The final look at email manners comes up towards the end of the year when we discuss how some of us can put our self-worth in the emails that we receive or how we can feel rejected through no response to our emails. In antiquity, King David wrote a wealth of material to help our self-worth, the most famous in Psalm 23, where he writes, The Eternal One is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, and he restores my soul. This is Light and Life. To contact us, go to salvos.org.au slash radio.